Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti and I'm joined as always by my brothers Craig. Hey guys, how's it going? And Adam. Hey, what's going on guys? Adam, why don't you tell us what just happened at the Bermuda Championship this weekend? Yeah, so coming into Sunday, we had seven of the top 10 on the leaderboard having never won a PGA Tour event, which was really cool to see. After 72 holes, it was tied between 26-year-old Wyndham Clark and 48-year-old Brian Gay. Brian Gay knocked in a birdie putt on his first playoff hole, getting his fifth PGA Tour event. So Kevin, you faded Denny McCarthy, who finished fourth. Did you consider fading Brian Gay? You know... (sighs) He he was on the short list, um, but I I fade winner. It's so close these days. I, I never really know bump. which category to to put them in. But you know, happy to give the fade bump to to McCarthy this week, and you know, maybe Brian Gay moving forward, he, he's a, he's going to be a sleeper pick or something. Maybe he yeah, can carry this yeah. momentum forward. You never know. It's like hate and passion, right? They're so close. They're so close. Sometimes oh, it's hard so to close. tell the difference. I have strong <laughs> feelings. I just don't know which way to direct them. Um, so, so yeah, it was a it was a pretty tight finish as it as it turned out. It looked like Wyndham Clark was going to run away with it for a little bit. Craig, do you think he let it slip away, or did Brian Gay come come and get it from him? What do you think? I mean, I think you can always kind of put whatever lens on it you want. To me, I th- Brian Gay went out there and won this. Uh, I so that shot he hit in on eighteen the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. So and I, sorry, I think he had made a bogey, three putt bogey on seventeen, which was a par five. But then, but then he made a shot to what a foot two feet. Uh, yeah, to really tap in birdie, really put the pressure on on Wyndham Clark. And Clark, at that point, uh, he had to make a birdie on 18, to which he ran a healthy distance by, and then had a bit of a knee knocker. Yeah. I don't know if it was about three or four feet, which I was like, man, if he goes from the putt to win to then missing this, is going to be a little bit tragic. But uh, DJ and then, sorry. <laughs> but then, like that putt he made in, in the playoff was just perfect. And and so uh, I don't know. I think when when you make birdie on eighteen, birdie on on uh, sorry on like the seventeenth or seventy second hole on eighteen, right. and then birdie in the first playoff hole, you won it to me. So yeah. what did they finish at? Was it was it minus fifteen? Was the was the score that got them into the playoff? It was. Yeah. So the the only thing I would say about that is you know Clark had got to sixteen under. I want to say yeah. around the thirteenth or. Maybe the 11th, earlier. after 11th the, hole. He the was, 11th yeah. hole. And I know those holes coming in were tougher. Um, you know, you needed to make your make your birdies early on that course. But mm-hmm. it's it's hard, you know. I, I think he was pretty solid. It was pars throughout until, I want to say he bogeyed the 16th, the tough well, the 16th, par 3, 16th. Yeah, the, the par 3 that's exposed, he was in the bunker. And, I, and he kind of just... He chopped it out. Yeah, Yeah. he just chopped it out right into the rough right in front, which was obviously going to be a bogey. He kind of, I guess, went up and down from there for bogey. But I don't know. Seventeen's a scoring hole. It's a par five. Eighteen. Eighteen. We saw Gabe do it twice today. Uh, So there is an argument to be made that Clark kind of let it slip through his fingers. I think he did, and and you know he he had the chance to win it on eighteen, even after everything that had happened up until that point. and then he also had the chance to keep the playoff going, and he he couldn't make the birdie putt again. So, 
you know, happy for Brian Gay, and he he did. I, he shot a thirty-one Gay, on the back. Yeah, and 64 he, he on the came down, he so came and got it, but it yeah. looked like it was Wyndham Clark's to potentially run away with, and yeah. and he wasn't able to do that. It was like a case of uh, a classic case of like when you are there, you've got to step on the throat and like put yeah. them out because yeah. you can't just let them hang around and leave them opportunities to come back. But it's still it it, it only hurts you if someone comes back and 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 tries to steal it, and and that's well, what I think that. It just say something about winning a PGA tour event. Like all these guys have won on little circuits or on their amateur careers or whatever it is coming up or in their college careers. But it's a, like, you can't really have any errors coming down the stretch. Like you need to be pretty polished to get a PGA tour victory. Yeah. One of the cool yeah, things and, too, and- is that this, so that Brian Gay's 48. Uh, so this essentially bridges him through till his champions tour career and starts. Beyond. Yeah. Sorry. And beyond the 2022, 2023. Yeah, like, instead of having to like, you know, shake, rattle and roll into whatever tournament he can get status in, uh, he'll get to pick his tournaments a bit more. So, you know, he, he's not going to be able to compete on every course and, and he's not going to be able to get into every event otherwise. But now it, being a, with the winner's status as opposed to just his PGA status that he normally has for wherever he finishes, uh, it just get, makes life a little bit easier for him. I wonder if him and Stuart Sink are buddies. Maybe they'll have dinner together and uh-huh. raise a glass to their... Yeah. I think I heard on the broadcast that Gay got his card in 99 or yeah, around and there. He's never and lost. 94. It hasn't, no. no. He, he no, first no, no, got no. it in 94, and then he hasn't lost it since 99. So, like, he, he had... Oh, okay. But still, really? 20... Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Or sorry, yeah, maybe I that's mean, when he first turned pro. I was, was going to say, because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think they were saying 99 was when he got his card. He's never lost it. And, you know, he's a guy that, that has always been a short hitter. You know, as this distance thing has evolved more and yeah. more and more, he's he's managed to play his game and sneak up. And this is his fourth tour victory. Good on him, you know? I like it was his fifth, fifth, wasn't it? Fifth, fifth, fifth. Fifth. He had four. He had four going four, in. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, again, you can say – what you will about Wyndham Clark. I, I do think he had an opportunity to go get one today. He's a guy I've actually, I've, I've staked as a long shot in the past. Like I think yeah. he has, he has a ton of game and he really didn't look like he had anything going wrong in the first 11 holes today. He was playing great. I, oh, yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. he was going to run away with it and yeah. he didn't, it's not like he crumbled or anything like that. He just let a few shots slide away and that's all it took in the end. Um, so the, the one thing I like about the sink and Brian Gaze winning this year is like they know their opportunities to score, get their FedEx Cup points. Like they kind of circle. I'm sure they circle Bermuda. Like okay, short co- short course, like top fifty in the world. There's not going to be many of them there. This is my opportunity. Let's, let's yeah. score. Well, the other thing too. So I, like I was thinking about the types of guys that seem to have success on these courses because we were talking about it with. Uh, Pat, going into Corrales, you were talking about Pat Perez and how his like resort court <laughs> yeah. record is absurd and all these little random tropical places that he has won or had very high finishes at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, so if you think about the, the wind you get on these coastal courses, you, it makes you want to think of Lynx golf, but then they talk about how Lynx golf, especially in the wind, is like played along the ground. But then with the the way these greens are structured and the Bermuda grass, you can't play along the ground like you do in Lynx golf. So I think to me, like 
these, you know, whether it's old journeymen's like Brian Gay or Stuart Sink or like someone like a Denny McCarthy who is not as long of a hitter but has a rock right. solid short game or Brendan Todd last year. Like, I think yeah, these yeah, yeah. are the courses that really they have to think, you know, a Wyndham Clark or, or a, an Ollie Schneider Jans, who are two other guys who, who were in the top five. Um, both of them are more distant. Like they, they have the power uh, and compete in almost a different way. But for these other guys, these courses are perfect opportunities for them to oh, yeah. to steal them. Yeah, I think these are my strategy this week with with picking my one and done. Anyways, was to go with a ball striker. It was like I picked Grillo. He's not the best putter on tour, but he, mm-hmm. I figure he he was gonna hit the ball where he wanted to hit it, and that's what I think is so important when you're playing in windy conditions. You need to start it where you want to start it, yeah. and have the right spin on it because otherwise you're you're not gonna be able to fare very well out there. Yeah, I think also so, so this course seemed to have a lot of holes where you could you couldn't drive. So say par four is that you can't drive, but they're shorter. So if you come up, you know, you might be able to get within 60, 70 yards, but there's not a huge advantage between that and being at a hundred yards. So yeah. it really, yeah. it really does benefit the guys who they're like, yeah, no, I like, I'm going to hit my perfect distance to my full, whatever wedge I've decided yeah. I want to hit in. And, uh, the guys who hit it maybe 30, 40 yards past them, it, it really doesn't give you a whole lot. Which kind of is something like maybe the tour should take a look at is not making these courses that are 7,100 yards, 7,600 yards to try to deal with the distance problem. Like maybe keep them where they're at and let the guys, like you say, let the guys play their game. If, if let, let the long hitters have the advantages on par fives or like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they'll always have advantages. You'll always but, have advantages on a golf course being a longer hitter, but make it so that they don't have advantages on every hole throughout the round. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I loved the comment that broadcaster made about how, you know, with Brian Gay always being a short hitter, they're like, you know that he's had a solid wedge game his whole career and that's how <laughs> yeah. he's been able to hang out here. And you don't like, hang around sure, otherwise. <laughs> sure enough, what yeah. did he do when he had to? He had two wedges on 18 and he, he hit him close enough to birdie both times. You know, yeah. like that's that's just a journeyman knowing what he playing into it's his wheelhouse. professional wheel right there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. The, the um, one other thing, just before we kind of get away from that, I, like to me, these these events too, and Bermuda, it, like the course and the setting itself is it's like a character and like part of, so much part of the story. Like just this cool little rock in the sea where there's yeah. more golf courses per capita than anywhere else in the world. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I just think it's really cool. I, I like these these tournaments too that you know weaker field or whatever you want to call it but it's just I just look at it as such an opportunity for these guys yeah. that are younger or looking for their first win or whatever and you know Brian Gay obviously has has won before but um you know lots of guys had opportunities today to get that first victory and it's well it's, and fun it's, to watch. it's almost like a you know the top dogs aren't there so you're you're essentially you got your up and comers battling against your journeyman and it's like yeah. hey you want to you you got to pass this bar before you want to be a yeah. to the yeah, club yeah. and yeah. it's like you want to win come yeah. and win you know yeah. <laughs> yeah so who else we got on the leaderboard craig we got your boy doc redman yeah so happy to see him up there um the one thing so the 
Yeah, love the fact that he was competitive this week. Um, I think the one thing that I was saying in in our our my boys episode uh, was that really I want to see him get his first win this year. And yeah. going into Sunday, it felt like it was a great opportunity for that. So that that's like the one bittersweet note that it leaves. Is I, I that, thought it was his day. I really did. Yeah. So he was I mean, tied to me. For I, the I think he's he's sort going of going in right. Sorry, on he was tied for the lead go after Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but he just didn't really have it. Yeah. Yeah, it was too bad. I, I really expected him to go get it. And Wyndham just got off to a hot start. And like I say, I thought he was going to run away with it. Brian Gay kind of came out of nowhere um, and, to I mean, challenge him. But. It's not like he really he like you know lost it or anything. It's more just uh, he was minus two on the round. And he mm-hmm. had a lot of putts that, I mean, at least when I watched... I mean, it starts at 4 a.m. for me here, so I only I only got to watch the tail end of this thing, but uh, it looked like he had a few hang on the lip, at least, uh, in terms of putts. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. I'll get into that later. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig, I think you also want to bring up Ollie. Oh, yeah, so Ollie Snyder, Schneider, Jen. So to me, like I, one of the cool things about this tournament, first off, Ollie and his brother Luke were playing their first professional event together. Um, Luke did not make the cut, but Ollie did. Uh, but the the other funny thing, so we do our uh, Wednesday night Twitch show where we, we just, whoever shows up, we chat with them about different, mostly related to DraftKings DFS plays and stuff. But, yeah. um, and someone would mention Ollie Schneiderjans as a, as a sleeper. Do you remember the name? I think it was King Kyle. Uh, and, well, someone also mentioned Wyndham Clark. Oh yeah, okay. Because they're like Wyndham Clark and the wind. Um, do, I forget who that one was, do, but, but anyways, this one I think was King I need, Kyle. I need to start tuning into this Twitch podcast more. <laughs> yeah. Maybe get some better picks. So like, I, I knew very little about this guy, but then I started looking him up, and and then yeah, I, I featured him in a, a few of our. I think maybe just one of our showdown days. And right. yeah, he he was super solid. He's a he's like someone who's ping ponged back and forth a little bit between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry. So uh, hopefully he can use his momentum a little bit. He, I mean, he can go so low though. I, I've uh, played him a couple of times in just like different tournament parlays when he's been on like Web or Corn Ferry Tour. Um, mm-hmm. Just because he can go out there and just like lap the field, it seems like sometimes. Well, he is. Uh, when I when I mentioned him on the showdown video, he was number two on the Corn Ferry Tour in birdies. So you know that there can be a lot of birdies down there. Yeah, and it means it means you're doing a lot of you're making shots and you're hitting shots tight. The other thing with him is, so he was playing his brother Luke was playing, but I think his other brother was his caddy. His, yeah, so there's yeah. all three of them. <laughs> They're having so a time down like, in Bermuda. Yeah. I'm trying to think Parents of who would be there. who. Like, clearly I would be Ollie. Um, well, he, maybe Kevin's the one the who missed thing, the cut, and Adam can be on my bed. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hey, I'm okay fair with enough. that. Yeah, I, fair, except, yeah. The only reason I'm going to give you Ollie... I'm still getting you Jack and Kevin isn't. Yeah. The only reason I'm giving you Ollie is because you, like you like to let it flow a little bit more. you got to respect the flow. The yeah. No hat look. Craig's always no been a little look. bit more more of that, so I'll give you that. I The thing that I don't get, though, is, like, on a windy day, without... Like, I'd have want to have sunglasses on, even if it's not that sunny. Just, like, the eye-watering... Uh, yeah. No, he's just he's just putting it out there for everybody to see. <laughs> um, other guys on the leaderboard: Stuart Sink with another top ten. The guy is playing solid right now. Although I I'd be a little bit worried if I was his long term caddy now because um, Greg is well, back on the bag. Sun is back on the bag, and it's another good finish. With after uh, after Reagan had left, and I think he had a couple finishes that were not so good. So. 
Yeah, I just want. I just hope he's getting the the same percent as the regular caddies. Yeah. You know, he's not. He's not just getting a free trip to Bermuda. Yeah, out of working it. off the like room that. board for the first twenty five years <laughs> yeah. of your life. Yeah. yeah, But either way, it's. I gotta figure it's a good deal for him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is the first tournament with fans. Do you guys notice it? Did you, I definitely like, notice it? I mean, think? I feel like uh, I've been. I've been watching some NFL on Sundays, and you hear the crowd noise. You're like, yeah, that just clearly seems fake and a couple times i heard like the classic like golf clap i'm like they're pumping it oh, oh no they're not pumping that in there's actually fans out there now <laughs> yeah. i was confused at first but i, I did it. like the amount though like uh, it would have been a little bit disconcerting if they had yes. just packed it in again you know um, yeah i think the other thing that is cool or like allows it to happen is bermuda apparently um th- their covid protocols are crazy high because you know with a lot of places that are islands if you can keep numbers low you're in a good place so yeah yeah um, well so that that was something i wanted to bring up is like it just felt to me especially watching today that it was just a giant advertisement for bermuda it was being it was you know it was constantly cutting to the to the shots of the of the cities on the island and the ocean um, you know it's bermuda is has been proven to be beautiful clean safe, only 90 like, minutes from new york city yeah with a great tech infrastructure and <laughs> you know it's like i i feel for them in a in a big way because you know that the the lack of tourism with so many places with covid is yeah. it's hurting them right now yeah. um and and so i i i feel for them um it was just kind of funny how glaringly obvious it was at at points but that's sort of the way the PGA Tour operates too. So yeah, um, well, it's I'm a, glad, I'm glad they had their, their time. Yours and, and totally, part of what totally. they do is about promoting the local area. So and and realistically, if they've done as well as they have on COVID, you know that's great, and that's mm-hmm. why they've they're allowed to you know do something like this and have fans there. Is this is the of, first? Oh no, I guess we did Punta Corrales. Yeah, um, but yeah, they have not left the U.S. very much. The PGA right. Tour. This will be the second time, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, um, so then Adam, you had a bit of a, uh, something to bring up too about Pat Perez and Robert Garrigus. Well, yeah, the, this Friday round, the second round didn't finish because of darkness. So there was a few people left out, but we, I mean, I think really just two, which I'll get into a little or bit. The, the there's just the two, but that wind or that day was crazy with the wind. So that's when we saw mm-hmm. the gusts over 35 miles per hour. Uh, the scoring average was three or four strokes more difficult than the Thursday, like the opening day. Uh, so the cut moved from, I think, starting at like two under on the day to one over. And uh, I mean, I just saw this tweet when I woke up early on Saturday morning that Pat Perez and Robert Garrigus withdrew from the tournament. And I, I couldn't get to the bottom of it. They were both at plus one. And I think they got early flights home on, on before, the, before the cut moved back. They they were playing in the AM wave. They got probably like a couple strokes over par. Like, well, we're not going to get into the weekend. Get out of here. And they withdrew. They lost. Like, they lost well, and it was also weekend. worse scoring in the afternoon. So they were maybe like, you know, did a little bit of math. Yeah. Well, okay, you know, maybe yeah. it moved, but I don't see it moving that far. And maybe yeah. even it, par. It, it moved late, didn't it? So it, it moved, moved to plus one pretty late. Yeah. But I think but, like the, the trends, it, we could see the trends, right? Yeah. It, it, if you were paying attention, uh, I think you, you would have realized that there was a very, very good chance it was going to move there. Um, 
especially since the forecast was always for the wind to get worse and the gusts to get worse as the day went on. Uh, but I, I don't know what these guys' decision-making processes I mean, are like. They're like, okay, so like maybe I hang around and I uh, cash a $10,000 check or I'll just take my yeah, chances. It's just, and- yeah, it's so bizarre. I've never really heard or seen of anything like it before. But like, oh, like so hard done by hanging around in Bermuda for a couple extra <laughs> days. Like, it could be worse. Yeah, Maybe they just have really good Halloween but... costumes and wanted to get home. Yeah, I guess that's probably <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, so not really much to report in the pick recap here. It was, um, you know, another fade bump for Denny McCarthy on my behalf there. Um, sleeper from Craig, Doug Gim. Tied for 14th. That's pretty good. Um, Adam, it was a, I think Adam's going to talk about it in more depth here right away, but uh, nice little battle for top Canadian there. A good, it. a good uh, showing from the Canadian contingent. Down the stretch with all three uh, of our picks. Yeah. Yeah. So no real movement in the one and done. Um, no, notable, notable. to move back still. <laughs> I was on the, I was on the Harold Varner, the third chain train and yeah. uh yeah he i don't know what he ended up i think it was 80 on on friday to miss the yeah, cut he was, he was not in bad shape going into the day he was a victim of the wind for sure yeah it was one of those one of those ones where i was looking for craig's one and done and i'm scrolling through the leader <laughs> like, I I missed it. i'm like okay i missed it and it probably happened twice before i got all the way down because he had a pretty decent first round didn't he, he? Was like, like he was two under i want to say he was right like there that. yeah two yeah, or three. yeah yeah um, um anyway Tough break, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't you, uh, given given the windy conditions we're talking about, why don't you get into your good, bad, and ugly? Okay, so, yeah, this week we're looking at the cut day Friday. Um, it was windy. It was crazy. Uh, the good, first off, uh, featuring Mr. Fred Funk, which is another one of our feel-good family stories because he was playing with his son, Taylor yeah. Funk, uh, who unfortunately did not make the cut, but... Uh, Funk, so he was playing in the early wave and he made a little chip shot on his last hole. I forget if it was nine or 18, but uh, to what at that point it looked like he needed to make that to, uh-huh. to get in. And so, like, his son just comes flying out of the from off screen and is hugging him, and both you know, all the caddies are fist bumping and everything. So, it was pretty, pretty cool to see. Um, but you know, Fred Funk's 64 years old. Only three guys have made cuts at 64 or older. Sam Sneed, Tom Watson, and Jack Nicholas. So um, pretty pretty good list of golfers that's to a, be yeah, on. That's pretty, yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, and, if, and, if you think about... to that, yeah. It's add pretty, funk uh, to that. Uh, if you think about people who, if you're on a golf list with them, that's a, that's a pretty, I mean... Impressive list. Pretty impressive I, list. I mean, how many majors are there? How many wins are in that... Trio. Yeah, no Although I'm a little bit curious, is Bernard Longer 64 yet? Because I feel like it's a bit surprising that he's not on that. It's just inevitable when he gets his 2022 yeah. Masters <laughs> made cut or whatever yeah. it is. He just, yeah, he probably just isn't that old yet. It's old <laughs> he seems to be playing well enough. Um, anyways, next up, the bad, uh, Christopher Ventura. So, you know, Adam had said there was a couple guys left out on the course, and I was thinking about it. I think potentially, so Christopher Ventura and Justin Sa, who we'll get to in a sec, were two of the guys, the two guys left on the course. But I think it was so ugly, conditions were so ugly that they basically figured 
if we can do this tomorrow morning, then I would rather do that because I think my chances of getting in and and yeah. making the cut are so much better. But uh, anyway, so Christopher Ventura went out. Uh, he had one hole left to play on Saturday morning to finish out his second round. He needed to make a par uh, in order to make the cut, and he unfortunately made a bogey. So, um, yeah, that's the bad. And it was it was tough to choose between bad and ugly this week. But... Do, you, do you think he regrets not just getting that over with on Friday? Or yeah, Well, I think now he does. But if he would have <laughs> yeah. done that on Friday, he's probably like, why didn't I just wait? I mean, like, there's, yeah. like, sleeping on the lead, then there's sleeping with, like, two strokes left to make a par and get into the weekend. That's a whole different yeah. thing. And needing to wake up first thing in the morning. But, yeah, but then, you like, also you go through your warm-up. And if he did make the cut, he would have been playing right afterwards anyway. So, like, it would have just been he's essentially playing 19 holes starting a hole earlier. <gasps> Can you imagine warming up for half a hole of golf that's kind of well like these guys well. it'd be just like playing his first hole of the day you know like i know but then you're done you're like oh, yeah well i guess i got 16 hours of daylight left you try I'm to see if just you can... hoping to make contact on the first <laughs> of the day. it's like like we we grew up playing quail ridge the course in our and you know that we all worked at once upon a time and you can you can hit a Five iron and you hit it thin. Ah, it's out there. No it's worries. There. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want to pull it left into those trees. No, no. Okay, um, so last one here. Sorry, Justin Saw. So he was another guy who he he had a hole to play as well, uh, and he needed to make birdie. But the reason he needed to make birdie was because so through you know. A round and a half, he was minus four going on to his second nine on Friday. He made two doubles, two bogeys. And so he had to come out. He ended up at plus two after that. And he had to go out and make a birdie after warming up and, and doing all that. And uh, he ended up banking par and, and missed on the number. But yeah, going from minus four with nine holes to go to very very comfortably being inside the cut line and this is for a guy who he doesn't have his card like it's it's i just feel bad for the guy man yeah well and and didn't he didn't he just need to pretty much make the cut to secure no no status or no he's still still always back he's still but it's more uh he just needs the points so making the cut and getting any kind of points is better than not but uh it's just and he was right there at minus four going into the back nine he was in great shape like he was he was that essentially at that point that was contention because everyone was moving backwards on friday yeah the other interesting thing with your bad and ugly there is that in dfs those guys were both heavily owned so there's people that oh, I are know. playing DFS. I had, uh, <laughs> it definitely like, changed the 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 I, uh, trajectory of my week yeah. in DFS. <laughs> I can get six of six through. I just need a venture to close it out. No problem. I'll sleep easy. What the hell? So I honestly, like, there was points where I was, like, looking at my six of sixes. And I was like, okay, yeah, so, like, saw for sure is in and blah. And, yeah, my <laughs> they were not for sure is actually. No. I uh, counted them a little so, early. So, Craig, just before we move on, do you want to give a shout-out to your boy Zalatoris here? Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of people who um, needed to make the cut, Zalatoris, Will Zalatoris, who's my boy, uh, we spoke about him a few, I guess it's almost a month ago now. Uh, we talk about him every podcast. What are you talking yeah. about? Well, I do like to bring him on every <laughs> podcast. <laughs> 
But I brought him up specifically on the My Boy episode. Uh, but yeah, so he all he had to do was make the cut this week. Uh, I think he ended up finished up tied for 16th uh, at the end of it. But he got enough points to get his special temporary membership. Mm-hmm. And so essentially that gives him unlimited uh sponsors exemptions for this season so he'll get to you know he'll get a bunch of starts and and likely he'll end up getting uh earning full-time uh tour status just essentially he has to finish inside the top 125 uh, which he now i think he's got three top tens and four starts and now a tie for 16th so four out of five times he's been in the top 20 yeah. yeah, hasn't he only missed like one cut on the PGA Tour since yeah. like this year or something? Yeah, like, so uh, yeah. he, I mean, essentially he he just needs to continue he's playing gonna play his way on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Adam, why don't you give us your three stars? Yeah, my three stars. So I have a little bit of a theme this uh, this week. I'm going with the all Canadian crew for my three stars. Uh, so my third star is Roger Sloan, finished eight under, tied for sixteenth. Uh, he's a 33 year old from Merritt, BC. Which I was going to say, so like, so like typically the all Canadian three stars, you're like, oh, okay. So like Hadwin and Connors and, and Mackenzie well, Hughes. Well, exactly. These are three Canadians that you don't see in every tournament. That's for sure. Uh, but Merritt BC, just about an hour and a half away from our hometown. So that hits close to home. Over the past few years, he's made eight cuts in his last 23 tournaments. So it hasn't been good kind of lately. His last top 20 was at the 2019 Safeway Open. So it's been over a year since he had a top 20. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, 16th finish. It was great. Kevin, I think he was your low Canadian. He was my he re- low Canadian, yeah. I saw he this resides, coming. Yeah, he resides in Houston. <laughs> he saw it coming. I love it. <laughs> um, he's in Houston now. Um, and I mean, I think with the to- most of the time when you get a top 10, you get into the next tournament, right? So the next tournament we have is the Houston Open. Uh, so unfortunately, he missed that. So he's going to be in the Monday qualifier for the Houston Open. I was taking a quick look at the list. There's 130 golfers for four available spots. And it includes Justin Suh, who we just talked about. Tyler McCumber, who's been playing well. Anubam Lahari. Akshay Patia, one of Craig's uh, honorary boys. And Sahith Bigala, my boy. So, man, I just like... These guys grind all... Like, every single day of their careers to kind of move up in their position... No, not only are those they're those guys you mentioned, but there's another 115 guys that are all capable of going out and shooting a 62 <laughs> yeah. on any given day. To that were qualify. the best players in their hometown, probably yeah. the best players in their college teams, yeah. and so exactly. on and so on. Apparently, he, Roger, sorry, um, Sloan, right? Uh, yeah. Apparently, he also is a skier at Silver Star, so. Uh, I think oh, I'm yeah? going to try to do the casual bump into him and <laughs> and be like, oh hey, yeah. Well, keep come keep, on, keep your two meters golf. distance, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't bump into him, you know. <laughs> uh, second, sir, Michael Gligic, uh finished 10 under, so slightly better than Sloan. Uh, tie for 11th. So still didn't get that top 10 uh, that we were looking for. But 31-year-old, he's played in 27 PGA Tour events in his career, making the cut in 12. But... He's made the cut in seven of his last I was going to say, but like the streak is awesome the last little so bit. So it's like a whole chunk of missed cuts and then seven of eight me cuts in the last uh, two months here. And then he Monday qualified recently, didn't he? Which, do you remember what tournament that was for? I want to say Sanderson, but... It was either Sanderson or Shriners, I want to say. Yeah, Ooh, one of it those. It might have been Shriners. 
And yeah, yeah, you're right though. Because I thought I was going to ride the hot hand to a top Canadian. Yeah. Um, and he was doing a, great until, I think, until Sunday or something. Anyway. There's a great Twitter account, Monday Q Info. Uh, they tweet out all about like the lesser tours and the Monday qualifiers and a bunch of stories. And they had a story. It's about like, like it's like, potentially the best golf Twitter. I mean, besides Grandstand Golf, obviously. Besides ours. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like like really deep behind the scenes stuff, um, you, you get it's down so beyond cool. beyond the the Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson end of the golf world. Yeah, I think it's one of it's one of my favorite falls for sure. Yeah. Um, but they they tweeted out a story the other day or the other week, I think when he Monday qualified, and basically uh, maybe a decade ago when he was kind of coming on, he's four years of a pro career. He he, he hung up his clubs and he's getting his real estate license. Uh, decided like he wasn't going to make it, and he played a couple events with his buddies, shot sixty five again and again. They're like, man, just like you still on the Canadian tour, just play in this next event. And he's like guys, I, I literally can't. If I try to enter, my credit card will be declined. Like, that's where he was. Yeah. So wow. the club he played for raised some money for, the, like, his next three events. Apparently, he had only played eight rounds in six months. Then the first event, he went out and won. Yeah, wow. it's pretty cool. <laughs> and then apparently, that's... I was reading the comments, so this isn't verified, that, like, in that next kind of streak of three or five events played, he set course records in like three of the five <laughs> events or something. <laughs> so when this guy's got it going on, he's got it going on. Uh, but yeah, a great finish. 11th. I saw on the Monday qualifier that he withdrew for the Houston Open uh, Monday event. So I don't know what happened there, but unfortunately I don't think we'll see him uh, next week. Oh, that's too bad. That yeah, that would have been, um, he, he probably would have gotten a free, a free start too, if he would have gotten top 10, right? I think so. Well, my next up, my first star, David Hearn, 11 under, tied for eighth. He was my pick as low Canadian. And I. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, 41 year old from Brampton. He's been doing this for a while. He's been grinding professional golf for 20 years. He turned pro in uh, 2001. He's currently the same as Gligic. He has a top 50 from the 2019 Corn Ferry Tour. So I don't Mm -hmm. think quite the same kind of exemption status as the top 125 uh, from the PGA, but they kind of get tournaments when they can uh it's his first top 10 since the 2019 bermuda championship nice nice so he's like gay there's something about this course that he horse just, for course i love <laughs> it's it a horse for course well the other um, thing too like they're they reshuffle so they these are in terms of status like getting these finishes for these guys at this time of year this is huge yeah yeah oh yeah big time so I, I noticed he see... uses the sweeper too i like that <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So I was looking to see if he made the Houston Open uh, event, and it looks like he's the first alternate now with his top 10. So if somebody drops out, which is probably pretty likely still on Sunday night that someone will drop out before Thursday, uh, we'll see him in the Houston Open field. Nice. Right on. But yeah, Hopefully you can parlay Canadians. that into some more starts and keep the keep the hot play going. Well, it's just like these group of guys that I feel like punch are punching way above their weight right now. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see about that whole yeah. kind of professional golf story. Yeah. Gotta love that gritty Canadian attitude, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what we like to think about ourselves anyways, right? <laughs> All right, well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Senior PGA Tour. Well, sorry, I just wanted, I was thinking, should we do Stock Up, Stock Down uh, before we move away from this tourney? Yeah, okay, let's do that. You're right. Let's do Stock Up, Stock Down. Um, so, Craig, who do you got? So, you know, Kevin was fading him, but I'm going Stock Up, Stock Up. Fade on bump. Da- 
<laughs> fade bump. Give give fade Danny bump. McCarthy the fade bump. Um, I I really like this guy's game. He's an awesome putter. Uh, he you know Adam had brought him up a, a few weeks back on on one of our picks. I think maybe a sleeper or a pick. I forget which one it was. Uh, videos, but basically he's he's his ball striking is better than it has been um in a while over the last couple months Uh, and so if you are as good of a putter as he is and i want to say um this week he was might have actually been first but he was he was definitely top five in terms of greens and regulation so you know Mm. we don't have shot link stats from this so we don't have full ball striking stats but just the the kind of guy I was talking about that I think can do well in this course. Not the longest hitter, but great putter, uh, great short game. So uh, to me, it's just I think he's the type of person that on these kind of courses we need to we need to think of him as a contender uh, when when it's not a place that favors the power play power game. And, and just to kind of back that up, in 2020 he was first in putting, and in 2019 he was first in putting. Yeah, like his, wow. his putting is unreal. He's essentially, what was it, Corey Pavin, who was just a dominant putter back in the, back in the day? Yeah, I'm looking well, at you, Kevin. Know, you're you're the one Kevin. who's old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like barely a, what? I'm barely older than you guys. Come Basically on. a different generation. You Actually, I'm, 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 and... I am going mean, to talk about some elder statesmen here. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, essentially, he's, he's probably the best putter on tour right now, Danny McCarthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to my stock down. Uh, this is someone who I, I think Adams maybe had him as a stock down, but. Um, so you're going to pile on. So I'm going to pile yeah, on. Henry pile Stenson. on the injured guy. <laughs> Henrik Stenson. It was a withdrawal. I think it was a withdrawal because he shot like a, a forty three or something on on the front yeah, line of yeah. his Friday. Um, yeah. Maybe it was injury that caused that. Maybe you know you never know uh, with these. I, th- I thought he had an ankle. Is what I heard on. Uh, well, they always have to give a reason essentially. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it's more just since COVID, the COVID restart. We have not really seen good golf from Stenson. He he was a, a tied for twenty one at uh, Corrales Punta Cana, uh, and he had a tied for thirty fifth at FedEx St Jude, which um, that's about the middle of the field. Like there's, it is a better field, but there's only about seventy guys I think at the at the WGC events. So aside from that, he's played six tournaments. Those are two that he's had finishes in essentially. He's got three missed cuts and a withdraw. So you know it, it's. We saw Stenson win last year. Uh, we haven't really seen him play any good golf yet. Uh, so it's just a little bit... What event bit did he win last year? Hero World he... Challenge. So a small, small thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, even aside from that, he, he had good finishes as well last year. Uh, so it's just... It's a little bit surprising. I, I don't know. Maybe there is an injury there that uh, he withdrew um, because he had been trying to grind through it and he just didn't really see a point anymore uh but it's just yeah i i don't know where his game's at it, it doesn't really look like he has it right now i think yeah. he has a podcast so we could probably find out more if we listen to the pod uh, i i listened to the episode leading into the u.s open i want to see i was kind of trying to and that's when you had him as a sleeper, sleeper. <laughs> yeah. and it's mostly about his sunglasses and sponsorship so he didn't give me much info listen i I have Max Homa as my sleeper this week, and there may be a reason. For, there may be a podcast <laughs> yeah. that I listen to, yeah. and a reason I made that pick. So, anyways, Adam, who do you have moving up and moving down this week? Yeah, so I'm going to be a little bit uh, cheeky here, and I'm not going with the players. I'm going with the uh, 
media broadcasting styles, I guess. So my stock up is a PGA Tour radio. Um, have you guys both had a chance to listen yeah, to this? Yeah, I second uh, that. I, I have listened to it a couple times, and I love it. Uh, yeah, so basically for the Bermuda, they didn't have the typical feature groups on PGA Tour Live, as we're used to before kind of the golf channel coverage kicks in, right? We get those couple feature groups, and we can watch along. Um, so we had PGA Tour Radio, and I've listened to it a couple times in the car, a uh, couple times, you know, doing yard work, that kind of thing. And they paint a picture. Yeah. I mean, these guys are so talented at what they do. They can tell you, uh, they can explain a 10-foot putt over the course of 20, 30 seconds. And you feel like, you know, exact. you can picture it in your mind, crystal clear. They just paint this word picture for you that feels like you're there. I, yeah. I just... It's such, such like, I feel like I... I'm Not only does too... it feel like you're there, it, it feels like you're watching, like, the most majestic, beautiful game ever being played as it, like, yeah. the ball careens towards the hole <laughs> and suddenly veer, or, like, you know, veers gently towards, oh, but it just capped the lip and continued on, you know? Which, like, you know what, is like, as for, for golf fanatics, like, guys that are obsessed with golf like us, like, that's the way I feel about it. And yeah, so, yeah. like, to, you know, but, to have these things actually, To effectively like, put it into words is different. Exactly. Totally. As someone when, that's podcasting, and I hate the sound of my own voice. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, they just they talk you through it, and you're just right there. I mean, this putt's heading towards the cup, and it just breaks right, and he missed it six inches. The rolls pass, and like you're you're right there, and they they get excited <laughs> at the right moments. They capture uh, the emotion very well. They capture the emotion. Yeah, I just I mean, if people think, and sometimes golf can get this bad rap of being a boring but i mean and you think of okay so take away the visuals of it golf on the radio how boring could that be no they do a fantastic job yeah i to be honest i haven't actually listened to it yet i've heard really good things and so i i gotta get on that i was kind of looking for something early for early coverage or and yeah, i, it, I it, honestly before... like sometimes even when you, when we do have the golf tv free um early featured groups all because they only cover the golfers they're covering a couple of groups yeah but pga tour radio will cover the whole broadcast so yeah they bounce around yeah yeah so sometimes i'll just throw in uh, throw on the radio do some chores break some leaves yeah. you know whatever so they're my stock up my stock down is pga tour live the video portion of this um i just feel like it's not reliable right now and it's kind of stagnant and i mean when you have a radio product that is arguably better uh th there's something perhaps not reaching its potential there so we had unreliable coverage uh with tiger and the zozo and the international feed with golf tv um it, i mean for me i have really good internet here but it's still freezing it's stalling uh that kind of thing and i just feel like when you put it on the radio i mean you can Go about your day in your car. You can work. You can do chores around the house. And you don't have to be tied down sitting in front of the TV. And the other thing, too, is we have this tournament coming up. Uh, have you guys heard of the Masters at Augusta National? Oh, yeah. I might have heard of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they have their own app. And last year, if you remember, they had every single video of every single golfer's shot. Almost within 30 seconds, it seemed like. Or within... 15 yeah. seconds of it happening broadcasted straight to the app where you could live stream it. I mean, we're still kind of handcuffed to two featured groups with a spotty PGA tour. Live. Like we know, I think, I think the master's budget might be slightly higher than the Bermuda. Like we don't know what this ceiling is, but I just feel like they're just kind of sticking at the floor that they know. Um, yeah. 
there's there's better things out there, and I think I hopefully think better the things other, in the near the future. The other reality of it is that because they're doing they're covering so little golf, because doing this the, mm-hmm. the feature groups aspect of it at least, they need to make it like the conversation. It needs to be essentially more like a podcast of people having an entertaining conversation about golf, whether it's yeah. totally unrelated or you know tangentially related stories, but. It, you can't just rely on, okay, now we go to this hole where this person is making this putt for birdie. And then we go to this hole. Like the action is not going to be the thing that carries it. So you really have to have the the personalities to be able to carry it. And it's just, to me, it's a little bit, it's not the A team out there, you know, but. Well, the, the other thing is, I mean, a few years ago, the international product I think was held by DAZN. Um, who we get some of our football by. Some people will know uh, in Canada, I'm sure elsewhere. So DAZN had it and they had featured group and they had featured holes. Mm-hmm. And I actually liked watching the featured holes because the whole field would come by. They had something in, like you could tell that's when they really did their homework and they had something interesting about all of them. Yeah. So you hear these guys come through like a Roger Sloan and they give you a little bit of backstory. So that's, I mean, you know, comparing it to the Masters, when back in the day, I don't, I think it probably still is the case, but there's featured groups out there. But then there's also just, you can just watch Amen Corner or you can just watch 15, 16. Um, And I would always watch the holes because it is so entertaining to see how, you know, 50 different pros come through and all of their approaches to these holes. Like to me, that's so interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'd usually watch the Tiger feed, but... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't That's surprise me. <laughs> um, so for my stock up and stock down, I want to preface this based on the fact that this is 100% because of live hole betting, which I've started to dabble in more and more. And, you know, particularly for these tournaments where maybe the coverage is a little bit less than you might get at other tournaments... Um, it kind of makes it a little bit interesting. You're so, manufacturing some engagement there. <laughs> I'm manufacturing a little bit of excitement. Um, and, and you know, at, at one point, like I said, it looked like Wyndham was going to kind of run away with this thing. So I was, I was looking for something to mm-hmm. keep it interesting. <laughs> so I was grinding pretty hard on the whole by whole stuff. And, um, so my stock up is Brian Gay because I had him to birdie some holes and he birdied them. And those are mm-hmm. the birdie, the, to bet on a birdie, you always get pretty good odds for that. Right. Even even holes that are, are supposed to be birdie holes, you typically get, you know, better than one-to-one anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Brian Gay, the birdie on 18... I had him. I had him having that, and, and it was it was thinking that okay. I think this guy's going to make a birdie to put the pressure on Wyndham, and and then I had Wyndham to birdie eighteen to win it, which didn't happen. But mm-hmm. um, when Brian Gay hit that shot in on on his seventy second hole, and almost instantly said, "Go in the hole." I was like, "All right, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it." He instantly became one of my boys right there. Yeah, so yeah, I, like I, I was, uh, after, after Wyndham missed his birdie putt, which would have made me some money on the second hole, I, I instantly turned and put some money on Brian Gay to win the thing. <laughs> um, so he was like, I know up. I'm riding the horse that got me here. Yeah, I'm yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, you are who I thought you were. <laughs> uh, so Brian Gay is my stock up. My stock down, Craig, I, I was, I wanted to, have this guy as as my my stock up so bad but doc redman come on doc i had him to birdie the 17th and 18th holes and 17th he hit like to, together three or separately 
No, separately, two okay, separate okay. bets. And the seventeenth hole, par five. He went three wood, three wood. Was green side in in two, and I thought, oh, it, it looked like a pretty straightforward up and down. I didn't even. I I think I was running around the house with the kids doing something else. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this one's in the bank. What else can I bet on here? <laughs> Might as well put him on eighteen too. <laughs> Exactly, and I did, and he ended up not getting it up and down, and then on 18, he had the putt for birdie and missed that one too, and this is all after, on the 14th hole, he, I, I had him just randomly to birdie the 14th hole, and it was long odds, and he hit a beautiful putt that literally stopped hanging on the lip so that was that was when i that's when i about when i started watching um and that's when i like oh man it's just not gonna be his day like you need you need when you're charged he had he was in the position where he had to charge and you need those ones to go you need those ones totally and and i thought like i said at the at the top of the pod i thought i really thought he was going to be the one that was charging um and and was going to take this so i was kind of riding him early and uh yeah that one just hanging on the it looked like i was like oh it's it's dead it's mm-hmm. money that putt is money and then it just stopped right on the edge i was i was screaming for a gust to come in he's he walks up and, and taps it in pretty quick i was like just wait wait <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing with that bermuda too is that like when it's when you're against the grain it's just like velcro like yeah. it'll just yeah. like nope oh, yeah. i'm i'm man it I'm looks like those guys are pounding and it just like it's going like yeah it's just slamming on the brakes yeah so so it was funny because when I was thinking about stock up, stock down today, I was like, I was like, God damn it, Redmond. But <laughs> in, in reality, I, I, you know, Doc is somebody I'm going to continue to cheer for, but I was frustrated. And, and so I had to put that into context as to why I was a little down on Doc. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like it's not like but... Cantley a few weeks ago, or you like weren't sure you could be a fan of his. Well, <laughs> yeah, Cantley was kind of the same thing. I had <laughs> I had some stakes on him too. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a "what have you done for me lately" kind of attitude I have. I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I also want to talk a little bit about the the Champions Tour event. Um, it was the Timber Tech Championship this week mm-hmm. so and, i was uh, Darren- super worried when i when it went to the playoff like golf yes. golf channel like cut to the split screen for a second yeah and then i was like i thought they were gonna go i thought they were just gonna go and i was like yeah. oh man like i am not gonna be i'm gonna I cancel my golf channel if you <laughs> i wouldn't <laughs> and but. it and it was early it's still yeah. pretty early like they're still on the front nine I think, i'm watching someone i've never it. heard of on the 13th hole while this is in a playoff <laughs> yeah yeah um, so Darren Clark won. It was his first Champions Tour win in his 40th start. Um, interesting note: he was uh, penalized early in the week in, the, in his second round, I think, for uh, picking up his ball in the fairway because he thought they were playing improved lies. So he picked up, he marked his ball, and picked it up, and then he was like, "Oh shoot!" So he, he had a stroke penalty. Who was that? Wasn't he, that John Rahm that did that? Um, yeah, well, on the green, on the green. He, thought he had marked it. He just didn't mark it. He just picked yeah, it right yeah. I, I haven't seen the clip, but I'm just picturing him like going like <sighs> on the ball, cleaning all his shirt, and playing He's like, "Dude, you can't do that. That's yeah. a penalty." So, so then Clark went on that hole that he picked it up. He ended up hitting his approach over the green. So which would have been his third shot, and then he chipped in for par anyway. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, it's, it's no harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. Um, so yeah, good for him. Uh, he said that after his last victory, which was on the PGA Tour, I, I want to say it might have been the Open Championship. 
he won that pretty late in his his PGA Tour career. Maybe maybe one of you guys can look. I'll that take up a look. Me. Yeah, I'll take a look here. Um, anyway, he said that he was he was drunk for a week after his last victory. <laughs> he says he doesn't think that's going to happen this time. So <laughs> I feel um, like I distinctly know. remember him drinking, either like posting photos of him with the claret jug, and you could just see him, and he's like, "You're yeah. like this guy's this guy's deep in it." <laughs> he's, he's a he's little glass happy. Yeah, he's he's celebrating. His um, last so win he, is 2011 Open Championship. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So. Um, nice to see him back on the, on the, in the winter circle there. And, um, yeah, I think there's also something funny about how due to a visa thing, this was going to be his last tournament this year on the champions tour. So he was kind of looking to finish strong mm-hmm. and managed to do that. So good on him. Um, I also wanted to mention Tom kite. So Tom kite is 70 now, which to me was shocking. Um, he shot the first two rounds this week. He shot 67 and 70, that's absurd. To, yeah, to be like to be six shots back um going into the final round and he ended up not playing very well today. Um but I I saw this thing on Instagram with him and and he just talked about how, you know, talking about golf and kind of a, a more overview of golf and how, you know, there's so many things that he appreciates about golf and what golf has done for him and and just one of those things is constantly trying to improve and and hitting the practice green practice green and hitting the range and um here's a guy that he's grinding he's a hall of famer 19 pga tour wins i believe and he's just grinding because he had to finish in a certain at uh, get a certain finish to keep his um status on the champions tour and he's just grinding to try to keep that like career going you know and it was shocking to me that this guy is 70 that this tom kite was he finished second when Tiger won the Masters in '97. Like he was towards the tail end of his PGA Tour career then, but like he's somebody I I vividly remember growing up watching. And it was I was going to say I, I think I had a PC golf game. I was going to say yeah, was, that's the one thing I remember him from. Yeah. I forget what game <laughs> that he, was. He's either in the cover or he's one of like the five. There was only pros five or pros something. or something. Yeah. Nick Price yeah, is but, the best player. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. He's just a, a guy that I've always kind of had respect for, and like watching him at seventy grinding and like trying to put together, you know, yeah. to shoot sixty seven and seventy when you're seventy, like that's it's incredible, you know. Yeah. Like shooting your age is like the holy grail in golf, and this guy shoots sixty sixty seven when he's seventy. Like, come on, it's it's unreal. Um, so yeah, just a lot of respect for for uh, what he did in the first two rounds, especially, and and just what he's you know what he kind of stands for in, in golf and, yeah, and how much he, he respects golf. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up this week that I thought was great was all the golf Halloween costumes. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a lot of, uh, a lot of tiger ones out there with the, with the red mock and with sometimes with a, a guy in a, a white jumper accompanying him yeah, carrying yeah. the bag. And then, but my favorites, my favorites for sure. And I told Craig this earlier, I think I got to find something for my son next year. My son will be three next year, but some, some kids with just like these tiny green jackets on <laughs> with <laughs> like the, the red golf shirts and the tiger hats. And then they got their, their parents in the white jumpers holding their can. That's really funny. Yeah, it, yeah. They were, they were pretty awesome. And, and uh, we're son actually had, he had the the little green jacket on with the all black that Mike Weir won oh, or I like wore it. when he won it. So, yeah, there's some some pretty awesome ones. I saw, I saw some there, but... uh, Harry Higgs uh, babies out there. Uh, 
they actually tweeted at him like a, a week ago maybe and Harry Higgs I think called out a few of his sponsors like hey can you send a kit to them that like will actually hit this kid <laughs> nice <laughs> so they have like the open collar and his sunglasses oh that's awesome uh, yeah yeah he would he would have been a good costume this year for sure I yeah wish I had thought of that not many people maybe I don't know if you could pull it, it off but... Kev <laughs> I could pull it off come on <laughs> It's all, it's all about the attitude. Maybe, maybe more Will Zalatoris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Dave, well I, think, I think we've beaten this week to death. Yeah, yeah I think let's... we have too. So let's briefly, next week, we got the Houston Open. Um, Adam, you want to tell us a little bit about that course? I know you've been looking into it a bit. Yeah, so it's the first time at the Memorial Park golf course. I saw, I saw again on Twitter, uh, someone was posting the rates, and they're like $25, 30 $35 a round. Uh, municipal no, golf no, course. Those are American dollars, so that's like... <laughs> 100 yeah. $150 <laughs> <laughs> um, Complete redesign leading up to this year, and Brooks Kepka actually helped with the redesign. Uh, I was reading a little bit about it. They didn't lengthen it at all. They actually took out... 30 of the 50 bunkers. Does um, Brooks not like playing in the bunkers? He's like, yeah, yeah get rid yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this hole's going to have to go this way because that's my preferred. <laughs> oh, they're all going this way now. Sounds uh, shady. <laughs> so they'll be interesting. There's actually quite a good uh, number of players. Like, I think DJ's playing. A lot of guys trying to get their, maybe working on some things before the Masters. Molinari is playing in one of his uh, first DJ's playing eight. Back. That surprises me a bit. Yeah. I guess he's trying to, I mean, he had, he had to miss because of COVID, so he wants competitive reps before the Masters. I mean, it does make some more sense than other people, but uh, yeah, I definitely know who the favorite's going to be. <laughs> uh, Jordan Spieth is playing. Craig, I know you love to feature him as So you're a, saying uh, that feature. you'll take Spieth versus my <laughs> DJ? <laughs> I just don't want Spieth to play that well that he ruins my Masters odds at all. We also, we, I think we've decided on our, on our Spieth Garcia stakes. I think we're, we're looking at a, a six-pack of local, local craft beer for the winner. Yeah. Spieth versus Garcia, Masters 2020 Straight in November. Up. Straight up. Straight up finish. Six, six beers from the local brewery. Right uh, on. I'm going to have to figure out who I can get to be a part of this, too. <laughs> you can have weird. <laughs> hey, he's playing good right now. Hey, I know. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, we're we've already been tiptoeing around at Masters. Yeah, let's talk about Masters a little bit here. Okay, we got we're two weeks out now, one week from Masters week starting, which is important yeah. event in and of itself. Um, Have you seen per- the the pretentious videos they've been posting on Twitter? Are you kidding me? Of course. <laughs> I- it's so, like so. It's like the Berm- I was looking at Bermuda Championship posts on on the PGA Tours Twitter account. It's getting like you know, 10 comments and, you know, 50 <laughs> likes or something. And then the masters post someone painting a curb and it's like 10,000 <laughs> likes, hundreds of comments. I'm like, oh my but goodness. But it's like the most absurd things. Like n- tomorrow we're going to see them like folding over the toilet paper <laughs> yeah, and be like, like, oh, I can't wait Someone like raising a flag and wrapping the rope slowly <laughs> yeah. around the bags. Or the one, so, I think the one so my wife, no, my wife last week, I got, I got to tell you this. My wife last week says, so I, I've, I've booked a, a family photo session for November 14th. Is that going to be a problem? I said, <laughs> do you want to see what I've been watching on Instagram for the last two weeks? Watch so, them unlocking the gates at Augusta. 
I was I was telling my wife about these videos that they've been posting, and she's like, like, is it like ironic or like are, are they like like tongue in cheek? And I'm like, no, like these no. are like the most straightforward, set to like nice piano music, nice piano music that builds to a crescendo. That's like it's like Christmas Eve for us golf fans. It's like well, the I one get, today with I'm the, excited. Like, Setting the cup and then like the scissors going around like that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> I like that how was they're awesome. not even getting any grass. Like, give me a break. Oh, he got some grass. That cup was perfect. <laughs> after I actually I didn't like the the technique they used to get that auger into the oh, ground. Come on, Craig. Oh, it was it, like they they start at the top and they twisted. Like no wonder they had to cut around. You gotta like you gotta get through that first layer of thatch there with a little bit so of. So you set courses for a couple years up in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're going to tell should... the guys at Augusta National how to set a pin? Yeah, I think I should. Okay, okay, we're we're veering way off track here. So the current odds, I, I just wanted to touch upon it briefly. I, I got the top 10 odds here, and these are yep. Bet365 Bet uh, is the source for these odds. So we got DeChambeau at 8-1, to one, JT 10-1, to one, Rom 10-1, to one, DJ 12-1, to one, uh, Rory 12-1, to one, Xander so, so, 14 Sorry, I'm just going to stop you real quick there. So DJ, um, if you do potentially want to take DJ... Uh, he, I was thinking that basically these are all going to be locked in because none of these guys are going to be playing this week. But uh, if DJ does do well this week, I would. I, that's going to move. So um, yeah, I would say you're not going to, and it's not going to move down at this it's, point. It's, ne- it's never going to no, move down. It won't. If so. he if he missed the cut, he's still going to be twelve to one. So yeah. yeah. yeah so uh, the rest of the top ten: Kepka eighteen, Cantley twenty five, Reed twenty eight, Hatton twenty eight. Bubba twenty eight and our defending no champion, that's top ten we're, we're, we don't need anymore. defending champion Mister Woods is thirty five to one which unfortunately is not what I got him at when I put my uh, my bet in after the President's Cup <laughs> um, he was looking like a pretty much a sure thing at that point to defend so sure um, anyway I, I have a few intriguing ones down here uh, Morikawa thirty three to one no Fino. can't do it. 35 first Wolf, timers 40 uh spieth so, 55 so, i mean uh, uh, we'll talk mm. we'll talk top 10 i guess first cuz that makes the most sense anything jump out at you there well i mean i i we've been talking about it a little bit and it would make me kind of nauseous but bubba 28 a two-time master champion who's playing lefty, well which going the into course it. sets up so well for lefties um it that's that's pretty good i might especially I might have compared to, put in, to reed or hatton i would take bubba i think every once in a while i, I, don't, like, I, I don't yeah honestly i don't mind reed or hatton every once in a while i put in a safety bet i call it i, I bet mm. on Kepka someone you to, don't want to win <laughs> yeah when when kepka was was going for his uh defending his pga championship title at Beth Page, I put in a safety bet on Kepka because it just seemed like he was going to win for sure, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to see it. So at least he won a bit of money, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't um, mind and, Xander and I, there at fourteen either. I think I also just got to take a take a moment here and explain that my my gambling on golf all began in 2018 with I, I decided to deposit twenty dollars because Tiger was coming back at the at the Masters, and I had to I had to get on that train because it was gonna he was gonna win. While I was a a year too early there, my my uh, you know I spread that twenty dollars out across a few players, and the last one I picked was Patrick Reed at fifty five to one. I had a couple bucks on him, and that, that one hundred ten dollars. 
that was a defensive play and i i was like oh this guy at the time i didn't have quite the feelings i do now about <laughs> him. but um you know that has managed to carry me on this whole time and i keep kind of rolling it over so you know i hit i hit uh Gary Woodland at eighty to one at the U.S. Open, and that kind of carried me on for another little 80 while. Eighty to one—that's nice. Anyways, so I, I mentioned this because while we talk about the top ten, um, you know, it's often these guys that are maybe not maybe afterthoughts, but like, oh, this guy's got a chance. Like, you guys see any anybody like that out there that that you have your eyes on? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could start here. I, I have my eyes on a few people, and I might be dropping some masters content in the next few days so watch out for that but a guy that is i think currently 50 to 1 maybe 55 depending on the book is justin rose yeah so major winner he won the 2013 us open he missed the cut last year at the masters on the number his last nine masters before that he hasn't done worse than 20th and and let me add this I was thinking about fading him, so that means that's, it's probably a, that's gonna, a plus right there. You know, <laughs> he's got a second in 2017, a second in 2015. He's got a, a whole bunch of top tens. Um, I don't necessarily know. I need to do more research. Um, but someone that just seemed a little bit too high for a major winner, good experience at Augusta, which I think is weighs heavily, um, and he's priced around. He's priced higher than first timers. Yeah, yeah, so so I, I like it. I, I also think there's someone, I, I don't have it open anymore, but uh, another guy who's right around him there is uh, Oosthuizen, who, to me, yeah. he, he's a classic. Like, if you can get him at longer odds than someone that's around 20 or 30, I want to say he was at 55 as well. Uh, but he's someone who you know that he can come in and win a big tournament against a big field. Uh, yeah. Just because when his good, like, there's people where their good weeks are going to, be top tens in these kind of fields but there's people who you you know that they can actually go and win it uh, and he's one of them the other one to me that uh that was the first one i i, I saw that seemed appealing is matthew fitzpatrick at 60 to 1 uh just i like that to me he is so i've done a, an absurd amount of stats running through every every masters since the shot link era so so 20 fit or 2005 forward uh and putting is super relevant here uh which is obvious when you think about it yeah but uh he so he he punches way above his weight in terms of how he looks as a, as a fit at the masters compared to what his normal strokes gained are because of they they're weighted differently and and he i want to say he's potentially a top 10 uh, in terms of right now at this point going into the Masters, uh, who has the the best probability of of winning it? Um, I mean, that's just based on the model that I've made. So <laughs> so take it for what it's worth. But I I just think there's tons of potential value there. Yeah, I like that play. So oh, you for me, yeah, for me, uh, the first guy that kind of jumps out at me is uh, my boy Finau at thirty five to one. I, I, you know, it, I know that the results haven't been there for Fino, um, as far as wins, but when you look at what he's done and his finishes, I just feel like it's only a matter of time. And this was part of what I talked about on the, my boy podcast is that I, I wanted him to just break through and get that victory, but he, he's so solid. His game is so solid that it can come at a venue like this. And, you know, last year he was playing in the last group and I just feel like 
at 35 to one, he's, that's a huge, um, what do you call it? A discount or whatever. Right, it's, it's, right. it's a huge value compared to all these guys in the top 10, you know, like it's so, just so it's, same, same model. He's fifth in, in my model. Yeah. And you know, he's got, he's got all the tools that these other guys have. He just doesn't quite have the, you know, the, that killer instinct, uh, or seemingly have, have that killer instinct to get the wins, but he's, he's right there with all those yeah. other guys and all these, all these big tournaments. So he's a guy that jumps out at me for sure. And, and there's no doubt that I'm going to be putting a little bit of money on him because so those are just, everyone thinks he's very out. reliant on the driver, which does not, is not a huge, I mean, it is, it still is a player like it is everywhere else, but uh, it, it's not as much a part of his game as, people think it is because of how far he has it. People think of him as a long ball hitter and, and he's gaining strokes off the tee, but he's not, he has a very balanced game. His approach game is rock yeah. solid. You love uh, to yeah. talk about his hands and his feel, Craig. I mean, that's... I love to talk about his hands and his feel, um, <laughs> but he, so, he's the one who and, and, I say you should base your game off Adam because he, he, big man. I mean, golf, it's pretty much he's already those, there. Those... Besides a couple tweaks. It's pretty much. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just about it. Um, but, but he can obviously play the course, you know, like he's, yeah. he's, proven that he can play the, i think he's only played it so okay twice. 2018 never finished outside the top 10 right? Am I right he was 10th also on like an ankle he snapped into place on wednesday yep. after yep. his hole in one and then he was fifth in 2019 the other thing just looking at his uh, wikipedia right now of his last 10 majors he's top 10 i think in seven of them yeah so that's pretty you know, good at, at 35 to one <sighs> yeah i mean whatever that's going to translate to a top 10 is like money in the bank so um, look at the, look at that one maybe another guy i just you know in scrolling through the odds somebody like um if you're looking for value i saw ian poulter at 125 to one and yeah of course he's a huge long shot to win it but he is the kind of guy that's cocky enough and has has played well enough at augusta that hell he could he could make a run at it you know like um between between those guys i think around the you know there's a, f- a couple guys at 50 55 like we were talking Ustazen, um craig you like fitzpatrick at 60 to 1 but between that and then i think there's a big kind of gap and guys i don't really see like you say i don't really see winning they might have a, a solid week and 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 top 10 or or whatever but somebody like poulter if he gets up there he's not he doesn't care if he top 10s at Augusta, he wants to win it. Um, yeah. So you know, it's kind of. But, but like I also think the, a, a guy value. like Poulter, I I would potentially also wait to see what his top ten and top twenty because he he's yeah. someone with those guys who are longer shots. That's where maybe you stack them with a whatever your stakes are. You put one unit on win, one unit on top ten, one on top twenty, and then if they do win, then you get all that. If they top ten, you get the ten and the twenty. Yeah, I, I love the older guys with experience for the top 10, top 20. So the other guy, I don't know what his outright odds are, is I feel like I, I always click on him for the Masters is Cooch. I mean, four of his last eight tries here, he's top eight or better, and he hasn't been worse than 46. I'm sorry, I, I just had a little... <laughs> hey, man, like, think what you... Think what you want of the guy, but he gets it like he he's like he just backdoors into these top tens at Augusta. That's what he does. Yeah. Any, any, I mean, he's, anyone he's honestly, up high that you guys like? Or are you are you shying away from the the top ten? I, I or top no, five I've, maybe. So again, I I made some I play some wagers at uh, after the Presidents Cup, and then I also on the pod 
told you that DJ was going to win the next six majors. So I, uh, I have already staked JT and DJ. In the um, next and, six. And, <laughs> and, well, DJ, no, it ends at, at this Masters for now. Um, but both those guys, I, I can see taking it down for sure. Um, I'm hoping... Uh, just for golf's sake that DeChambeau doesn't go and and break Augusta like some people are predicting he will I I don't think he will but watch um, out for my video I'll, I've got a yeah. video coming out on on whether so Bryson I feel like there's a guy overpower. hanging there it's, it's a low-hanging fruit for you Craig who, who are you looking so I keep trying to come back with, to him I keep I keep trying to get you guys boring. to ask me who I like <laughs> Xander at 14 to 1 just seems like uh, yeah. unreal value so i mean first off we know he's a, a he's a gamer we know he can play in big tournaments uh yes he does not yet have a major but he was second tier last year he all signs point to him being the type of player who's going to win a major sooner rather than later and i just i don't know to me with the way he's played over the past month or two months getting him at 14 I'll take it. He was he was a favorite over the, some of these guys uh, two weeks ago. Girl, we you know what? I, I really think if looking through this top ten, you could talk yourself into any one of them. 100%. Honestly, you, you yeah. could totally make a case for any one of them. The one guy I think is is uh, I think he's priced too high is Kepka. Just okay. based on so I, I also I like just based to, on gonna, recent recent like. I have, one good okay. stat for that. Okay, I'm just okay. going to say one good stat because I don't think I'll get there myself, but I want to throw this out. Brooks has four major championships in his last few years, right? Yeah. Since his first win, he's only played in the Masters once. So he's only played the Masters once as a major champion and he finished tied for second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I probably won't get there because I have health concerns and... Uh, but... I there's mean, just too to me. There's just too many guys that have been playing well coming into this. To for for Kepka, he just he's still kind of finding his way back. I feel like, and he could totally prove me wrong. Look at well, my face. So, so I was gonna say with Brooks, the, the with, with Brooks, I feel picks. like he. There's some guys where you kind of feel like they have to be on form. And then they're going to go out there and win when they're in form. With Brooks, I feel like he could have not play golf in the last three months and he could come yeah. in and win a tournament against all the top players. Like he's just, yeah. he's such a it's kind of enigma that uh, I don't like to, to put too much weight into anything that Brooks has been doing. And, and, and just, that's why I don't click him, it's because he's so hard to predict. Yeah, let Brooks be Brooks. And yeah. um, I, I, I don't love, I don't love the short odds here just because. Um, like to me, I I don't think I don't think I would go any shorter than Xander, just because I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess I could talk myself into any of those guys, but I would rather look at at the guys who I think are maybe in the the Patrick Reed, Terrell Hatton, where you're getting them at at double what you're getting, you know, or three times what you're getting these top guys at. Okay, okay, guys. I, I got, sorry, I got one more bet I need to mention. So one of my favorite bets with the Masters, and if you want to play these guys up top, like the ROM, the JTs, the DJ, one of my favorite things to do is you pair a whole whack of them for a made cut parlay. Because it's, it's a weaker field, you have all these past champions, it's everyone within 10 strokes. Most of these guys are going to get through. So if you get like... <laughs> you, don't think, however, you don't think Sandy Lyle is going to be knocking them out? 
Yeah, I don't think so. But you can not, package all these I hope guys. I'm not putting and, Weir in that weaker field. You just watch. <laughs> hey, I didn't name names. I'm not naming names over here. But you can pair all these guys. You can get a whole whack of them, and you can get some pretty good odds for just making the cut, being within ten strokes of the leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, smart. I, I'm not as into like stacking a whole bunch of things and parlaying them like you are, but uh, it's just because I haven't wrapped my head around it yet. I, I feel like once I once I get it, then I'll, I'll get, get there. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on. So, um, I mean, we're gonna talk about a lot of masters coming. Yeah, up I was gonna say we're, we're gonna do weeks, a full so. masters preview pod. So, so consider yeah. that a bit of a tease for it. And yeah, we'll, we'll we, get we, into we it can't. More. We just can't. We can't help ourselves, can we? We get carried really? away. Yeah. yeah. Um. Adam, uh, anything else you wanted to say on the way out here? I feel like is that a tease to me? Uh, no, I just, I'm just maybe you got something you want to say. say. I was Public say service announcements. All our American listeners, we appreciate appreciate you. Go out on Tuesday, your election day. Go vote. Practice compassion. Be safe, please. I mean, we're up here in Canada. I just want to make sure everyone's safe for Tuesday and whatever happens afterwards. Just uh, practice compassion. Take care of your. Uh, your neighbor out there as as we say here in bc just be kind just be kind yeah. um what do you guys have going on this week yeah so kind of our typical schedule we will drop a euro video uh sometime early this week then we'll follow that up with some houston open uh videos probably picks and sleepers and then wednesday night uh, as always we'll be live on our twitch show 9 p.m eastern uh grandstand golf is our username there and, and just in addition to that, I think we're going to get our first Masters uh, videos out as well. So uh, just go over to, to YouTube and subscribe if you want to be notified when those come out. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, always you can find our content, all our content on grandstandgolf.com. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Please uh, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And we look forward to talking more golf with you in the future. Take care, everybody. See you guys. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.